0: Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again to do another episode of the NoCast. As always, the NoCast is brought to you by our title sponsor, Louisiana Hot Sauce. Three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. Uh, here to do yet another coaching search edition of the NoCast, Bud. Uh, let's jump right into it and uh, have a little bit of fun with where we are in the process.
1: Let's do that. Uh, so I think the most relevant update here is that... Uh the Tallahassee Democrat reported today. Today being what, Tuesday, these days kind of run together during football season, for me to be honest. Um, the Tallahassee Democrat, who I believe we uh, we think is generally pretty accurate and plugged in on this, uh, reported that the search is likely to go uh, through the weekend. And uh, so let's let's discuss real quickly here what we think that means. Uh, the most obvious thing probably here uh, is that. It suggests that FSU's head coach will be somebody who is involved in one of the conference championship games and thus uh, will not be taking the job before that conference championship game. That's pretty common sense to me. I can't think of a guy who has left before a conference title game who was a head coach. It, it would be really easy for me to negatively recruit you as a coach if you leave your team before its conference title game as the head coach. So just want to head that off here, but uh, who are some names, I, I guess, who we would think that that could potentially be if it is somebody who is going to be involved in a conference title game?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the easy and the fastest is, is you jump to Mike Norvell. Uh, maybe Fickle in theory. Kyle Whittingham is a name that I would like, uh, or let me rephrase that. I would give more support to that than maybe the Gen, gen Pop of college football. Uh, could possibly fall under that category, but I don't necessarily think that at this point in time he's a legitimate candidate or somebody that we should talk about. So, yeah, there's the three names that I'd immediately think of. Yeah, we, we know they're looking uh, at Maybe as, as a secondary too. option, you would think about Clemson coordinators. That, that would be the only the only other group that I would throw into that, that bunch.
1: Yeah, and, and to be clear, I, I haven't heard anything about them doing the coordinator deal uh, at, at, at this point. Very early on, there were some, some scuttlebutt that they were looking into uh, Brent Venables at, at Clemson, the defensive coordinator. But the indications that, that we consistently get from the people who have been right on this, and by right, I mean the people who never told us, hey, it's going to be Stoops, right? The, the people who said, hey, they're looking into guys like Kelly, Franklin, Campbell, Norvell, those type of people, they consistently reiterate to us that Florida State's goal is to hire somebody with head coaching experience. Now, if that changes due to desperation or something like that, all right, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I think you're right there. Norvell maybe fickle. I don't think they got any traction with Whittingham. At least nobody's told me that. And, uh, and I don't think Matt Rule is really in the conversation. Uh, Jim McElwain, also in a, in a championship game this weekend, not, uh, not likely to be involved in this process. The only other scenario here, and I know we'll talk about him in a minute, just like we will Norvell, is if you have a guy like James Franklin, who a lot of people believe is probably waiting on USC to see if USC will open or not open, uh, if you can't get a, a actual yes or no from Norvell as far as, hey, come coach immediately because he's in a conference championship game, uh, maybe you could still also be waiting out something with that. And I know we'll discuss that more. In a minute, but we do have two guys I think to cross off the board here uh, from last episode. Before we get before we get into the more substantial talk here,
0: the first one yeah. is.
1: I'm oh, sorry. Good.
0: No, I was just gonna say one of them I can do pretty easily. One of them personally I have a little bit of a heavy heart with the idea that Matt Campbell, for all intents and purposes, you can you can remove. Um, the other is Brian Kelly, somebody that we talked about, somebody that uh, you were always at a risk that was potentially negotiating for a better contract with his current employer, but uh, a guy that perhaps there was a a mild amount of interest in. But at this point, I think you can remove Kelly from that list, and with the announcement of an extension for Campbell, you can all but certainly uh, remove him.
1: I would agree with that. Uh, By the way, a tweet from uh, Dan Wolken, who uh, I know a lot of people don't like, but is plugged in with the coaches, I think, that he tweets about a lot. Quote, does Matt Campbell write thank you notes to all the ADs who have gotten him raises? When will people learn the dude isn't leaving unless it's for a top-notch big 10 job or Notre Dame? That's what he tweeted today, uh, after, uh, Campbell signed his extension. So I mean, granted it'd be interesting to tweet that before, uh, that happened, but, uh, it does seem like that was the sentiment from people who are not Florida state people that, that they would be surprised if Campbell wanted to, to wade into the Southeastern waters. And, uh, a lot of people have consistently thought he would wait for a Big Ten job, which is one of the issues that we raised when discussing him on the show. Certainly, I think would have been a really good coach at Florida State if they could get him. Recruiting-wise, still a bit of a question in my mind there. Uh, yeah, with Brian Kelly, um, I I think that it's pretty likely he will sign some sort of extension with Notre Dame. So, uh, the next guy here on the list we need to talk about from last show and I don't really have any new names to contribute other than if I could do last show over again I might have spent like one more minute on Luke Fickle maybe but that seems I don't know a bit of a stretch Uh, but one of the names we need to cover here again is James Franklin so Knowles 247 who I feel like does a good job uh, reported that FSU met with him over the weekend and it did not go well uh, and the source of that sort of not going well, was over salary. Uh, but others have seemed to refute this report, at least via implication. Not like out and out, hey, this didn't happen, but like others have reported that Franklin met with Penn State and then left to go to the Giants game where his former running back, Saquon Barkley, plays for the New York Giants. Uh, and it seemed like the wording of their tweets to the reports was like purposeful in leaving out any sort of meeting with Florida State. So, A... I have not been able to confirm that they met with Franklin, although it wouldn't surprise me if they did. And I, I don't think Nills 247 would run with that if it wasn't true. I have a little bit of skepticism that the the issue was over salary. And the reason I have this skepticism, right, is if you're Florida State and you're sending out letters, people say, hey, like we we want you to donate a million bucks, or we want you to donate this, and uh and and you know, Mark Stoops is out there allegedly telling people, hey, it seems like Florida State is big game hunting, and you have fired Willie Taggart and paid the, not paid yet, but intending to pay the buyout, or most of it, and you know that people expect you to hit a home run, I don't think that a guy wanting a a big-time salary, and he already makes, I think, six-something, so if he wants seven and a half or whatever, and I'm not saying he does, just in theory here, I don't believe that a guy wanting that would really be the hang-up. I I just don't. Like, if you're Florida State, aren't you going to pay that to show your boosters that, that you're serious? I, I the, That's like kind of the last guy, unless you believe this Bob Stoops nonsense, and we've been telling you for about three weeks here, I don't believe that's going to happen, uh, and like, unless Bob Stoops changes his mind, that's not going to happen. And to, as of tonight, he's actually coaching the Renegades, which is his XFL team, but like and giving interviews
0: about how great it is to not be a college football coach. So, yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: um, like man, don't you think that if it was if it was over money, like literally money, salary money, that they would get this done? It, does that surprise you that, that 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 is what what was reported?
0: I was I was shocked by that for a couple of reasons, and and one I want to. Uh, Make it clear, I'm not taking shots at 247. I think they've done a a really good job and have handled this uh, search in a much more responsible way than maybe some um, from from the pay site perspective. I also think that, in all likelihood, they got that side of the story from a Florida State perspective. Unless you're just wildly tone deaf, I don't know why you would ever tell an outlet was particularly with the perception that exists of this program, university athletic department, that you went up to James Franklin and then had a, had a breakdown when it comes to annual salary. I, they just, there's something about that that is a, a little bit of a, an odd report. Definitely.
1: Because we both believe that they were, they were prepared to pay Bob Stoops a pretty ridiculous amount of money on a per year basis. And I think that they would be equally prepared to pay that, to James Franklin. Uh, now Franklin's
0: probably the only candidate. Frank, uh, Campbell would have received uh, some. Yeah, and Kelly probably would have uh, received a substantial financial backing. Yeah. Anybody below that tier, I'm skeptical as to how much is really going to be there. And, and I really don't include
1: Campbell in the Kelly and Franklin tier, uh, you know, like Kelly-Franklin-Stoops tier. I mean, like, those guys have made New Year's Six games multiple in, in all three of their cases, actually, I believe. Uh... Those those guys are, are really proven, um, and at multiple stops, we
0: they are. You pay a lose one stop. You pay a premium for youth, and you pay a premium for potential, and that's, that's what true. Campbell would bring. And uh, I, I agree. You may not have had the immediate support of or the excitement level of Campbell, but I think if uh, if resources were an issue, that at least in my opinion, you should have been willing to go to the mattresses to secure Matt Campbell.
1: Now, if if the hangup had been over like guaranteeing that certain facilities would be built within a certain number of, of years, that I could see potentially because I don't know if Florida State is in position to guarantee some super fast timeline there. Um, but my guess here is uh, there's got to be more to that story. Um, now, part of that story also could be USC has not opened, nor has it announced that. It is keeping Clay Hilton. USC seems to, and I talked to a couple people today who routinely talk to agents, and what they told me is, we don't know. And USC seems to be operating on its own timeline. One of my guys who who I know said, hey, I actually think that the longer this goes, the more likely USC is to open, which was interesting, because in his opinion, basically, if you wait so long that you you hamstring Clay Helton so much that it's better to just cut bait and, and get somebody new, which I, I think you can also make the argument for the opposite, but that was, that was his opinion that I'm, I'm sharing with you all, listeners. So if you're Franklin and you want USC, there's no way in hell you would say yes to Florida State, right, at this point, um, because you know you have time and leverage. You could always just go back to your current job probably with, with, with a, a pretty, pretty fat raise.
0: Yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation uh, when you look at what's out there, what Florida State could be waiting on, and then um, uh, man, I, I I do think that the way that this played it has played out, and uh, we may be going slightly off script here, but you just talked about something I want to talk about um, leverage. I think I think you've <laughs> you've certainly lost some of it, and you're potentially entering into an equation where you speak with the next individual, Mike Norvell, and you've you've almost ceded leverage uh, almost entirely with the way that this has played out and perhaps the lack of other potential candidates as you make your way to uh, a certain point in the total bowl. Exactly. We'll take a little bit of time to thank our friends at For the Table Restaurant Group and uh, Madison Social. Uh, just been fantastic sponsors with us since day one. I've said this before. But uh, Madison Social is fantastic for any kind of Florida State sporting event. But in my mind, the real ideal situation is, uh, is go down there for a road basketball game, such as tonight. Florida State's playing Indiana, and there's probably no other place that I'd be as posted up at the bar uh, watching this game. And uh, basketball season, thank Madison Social, thank Centrale, thank Township. Fantastic uh, opportunities, and as always – uh, great opportunity. If you are doing any kind of event planning or catering uh, work with the same individual that we've been so fortunate to do so for four years. Now, Matt Thompson contact Matt, Matt at for the table hospitality.com again, Matt Thompson, Matt at for the table hospitality.com.
1: All right. So, uh, I can't fully rule out James Franklin. Um, uh, I don't think it's real likely at this point, but I can't tell you that it is 100% dead as we record tonight. Um, I don't think I don't think you, you can either, right? Just, uh, full disclosure here, we both had really busy work days, and we have not had a whole lot of time to swap notes before doing this.
0: Uh, no, I, I won't rule it out, but I would be very speculative at this point of James Franklin as to, um, as to who exactly you're negotiating for. It's the same thing we talked about two weeks. You know, uh, you're you're likely you have the potential of getting cut by either side of the sword, both, uh, another potential opening or him, uh, sweetening his own contract for his current employer. So, uh, it's a risky situation. You would have to have some very real assurances that, uh, that you have a legitimate chance of closing this deal rather quickly, uh, with James Franklin. I would not let something like that linger on.
1: All right. So, uh, Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell was the fourth guy we talked about last week. Uh, he has Memphis up to the 14th-rated SP Plus team in the nation. SP Plus is an opponent-adjusted uh, metric that we like to use, and it it, uh, it aligns pretty closely with with, with what Vegas uh, has as well, and, and is is just a good thing. We, we use a lot of a lot of their stats in our show. Has beaten several ranked teams this year, and uh, they're going to be playing for the the AC title this weekend um for those of y'all who don't know the ACC the AAC is uh the only G5 league that is anywhere close to being P5 caliber the rest of them are, are a mile behind uh in my numbers the AAC was not quite there with the ACC this year but if you pull out UConn it's actually a little bit better uh so that was interesting um course, you can't pull out UConn because eight of their games in the year are going to be against UConn. Not one team playing them eight times, obviously. But uh, So let's let's see what we've learned about Mike Norvell. Uh, If you want more details about Norvell as a coach, you can go back to the last episode. This is more about what we've learned about FSU and Norvell. So uh, we do have a pretty good Memphis source here who is connected there. Uh, Source believes that uh, if Mike Norvell is offered Uh, He will take the job, Uh, and uh, that source believes that is what Memphis believes as well. I can only speculate that look, it's right for Norvell to tell Memphis, hey, if they offer me, I'm going to take the job, because clearly this is going to put Memphis in in a hiring hole as well, because they're not going to be able to start their search basically until after, like, start their search until after their conference championship game uh, commences. Uh, That Memphis source also believes that Norvell is probably going to leave. Not, not, not specifically for Florida State, uh, but uh, I have some reason to think it might specifically be for Florida State. Uh, does FSU know that it has Mike Norvell if it wants him? Again, I have reason to believe that Florida State knows he would accept the job if offered. Um, Old Miss definitely has interest. I was able to, to get that today. But does Norvell have real interest in Ole Miss? Uh, that is a question that I... Uh, first of all, I think you will hear that Norvell has Memphis or ha- has interest in Ole Miss, but Ingram, I am not convinced that he has real interest in Ole Miss. Uh, I think it would be smart for him to float that out there uh, to be used in contract negotiations leverage against Florida State. But this is an interesting question for me here. Does either side really have the leverage here? Norvell probably knows that FSU doesn't have much in the way of other options. But FSU also knows that these other jobs that Norvell could potentially try to play as leverage are nowhere close to the caliber of a job that Florida State is, right? It, it I mean, Missouri, Arkansas, Ole Miss are not anywhere close to FSU-level jobs. And even if one of those schools was offering a million more, I still don't believe that's enough to bridge a gap between Florida State and and those other schools, so it's kind of interesting here. I don't think either side really has much leverage over the other side, uh, and both sides will be interested in getting a deal done uh, quickly, as opposed to having this thing dragged out, because the, there's only one recruiting weekend left. There's some thought that Norvell had some uh, negative feelings about Ole Miss last time around, but I don't know if those feelings are still the same. Uh, I'm also, I can't say a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty damn sure he has not interviewed with Memphis or excuse me, with, with, with Ole Miss, not interviewed with, with Old Miss. Um, and I don't think he's really interviewed with anybody else. So that's certainly a, a, a point in Florida state's favor. Uh, we do know that Florida state vetted him, obviously,
0: uh, because of, of exceptionally action. well, Like to, to great lengths. We can tell you that Florida State vetted uh, Norvell and looked for and tried to address every possible thing that could be out there. And uh, they feel like,
1: w- yeah, they, they were really looking for they were they were looking to chase down rumors. Right. That that are out there.
0: Yeah. So, uh, With 100 percent confidence. We yeah, can tell you right, that, right, and right. Uh, we can tell you that they think that they have really good people when it comes to that, and that uh, there was nothing found that would disqualify him from a job like that. And that's something um, that, well, it's just something that has transpired. and Something I'd be telling you whether or not I thought he was Florida State's top candidate or if he was, uh, you know, fourth or fifth on the list. It's a, it's a guy that has grown on them in the process, and it's a guy that they uh, took. Uh, very seriously from a, an early stage. Um, the issue of leverage, what I just talked about. I, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that Norvell has all the leverage. I'm just saying you you are now entering into a place where you ceded an awful lot of leverage away. And when you're talking to an individual who's repped by Jimmy Sexton, he's going to beat you over the head with anything possible. And uh, he will certainly be aware that you know this is kind of a. Not necessarily the last person on Florida State's, you know, tier one of candidates because he's not, but that there's a little bit of a fairly precipitous drop off between Mike Norvell and possibly where Florida State goes after this. Uh, so I, I don't think it'll be a fun negotiation. I agree with you that I think both parties will uh, either look at each other and uh, you know decide to to either get married immediately or, or walk in another direction pretty quickly. This. I don't think would be some kind of prolonged uh, negotiation because it simply can't be.
1: I, I would agree with that. Okay, so uh, we're we're thinking that uh, if you had to put your money on it, you would probably put it on Norvell. I'm not ready to say that I'm guaranteeing it's going to be Norvell at this point, but I, like, are you ready to say? Would you let, let's play this game? Would you take Norvell or the field at this point? Literally, Norvell or anybody else i 'd probably take Mike Norvell I would I think that's I think that's also where I, I would place my chips uh, real qu- we have a lot of, of listener questions tonight from our uh, our patreon again that is patreon.com slash nolcast. and uh, luckily we're able to address a lot of them in the the, uh, the open portion of the show but let, let's take some questions here first one of course would would be uh, would norvell actually be a hit uh, I have some mixed thoughts on this. Football-wise, he's certainly done a good job and has been successful pretty much everywhere he's been. Uh, but perception-wise, I don't think that it would resonate immediately with boosters and supporters uh, very much in terms of name value, uh, in terms of, hey, he was not a P5 head coach, Power 5 head coach, uh, which was a, a complaint that some had against Willie Taggart. Although I think that's, again, kind of a silly thing. Like, at least the guy has has head coaching experience. Um But I think that in some ways you will see a bump almost regardless of who you hire because the person you hire will not be named Willie Taggart. And don't underestimate that. That was a real reason that people stopped giving or uh, stopped fulfilling the pledges they had already made to the school.
0: Um, Yeah, I, I think it'll be helped that he's not Willie Taggart. I will say that the concerns surrounding tor- Norvell are as <laughs> closely associated with Willie Taggart as pretty much any candidate possible, uh, I, it'll be a challenge for Norvell. Part of it will be a challenge th- to have um, <clears throat> absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with what he's able to do, but rather some of the similarities in resume and perception uh, that there's a little bit of overlap between the, the last guy who failed here spectacularly and uh what he's going to inherit and what he's going to have to try to do so uh
1: one other thing I, i did learn about norvell here uh from my memphis source is that uh he actually gets along really well with the big boosters uh and the person i spoke with told me that he uh has done a really good job uh ingratiating himself with the people who cal meaning john calipari uh did a very nice job with when he was at Memphis. So clearly, those are, are some bigger money boosters there, by Memphis. A lot standards. of,
0: a lot of FedEx executives, I imagine. I'm
1: guessing so. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was encouraging uh, because if you watch his press conferences, he's not a real like crazy rah rah press conference guy. Now he's a little more upbeat than than Taggart uh, in, mm-hmm. in his press conferences, which is good because otherwise we might have to check the heart rate uh, there just to ensure you know proof of life. But I think that is, uh, you know, that's somewhat encouraging there. Um, but you're right. Like, it's not a slam dunk hire. And there will be people who will be disappointed in the name for sure. Uh, certainly more disappointment, I think, in the name than in the resume. But the name matters. And there's a lot of people who give a lot of money to the school for football who don't actually know a whole lot about football and don't actually follow football, like, as closely as you would think they would. Uh And the name does matter. Uh, Second question here from Andrew. He says, hey, would this search be considered a failure if we hire Norvell? He seems like he was our fourth or fifth choice. Have we really fallen so far that we can't hire the coach from damn Iowa State? Talk me off the ledge. Well, I I just think that yes and no. I think it will be considered a disappointment Borderline failure name value wise, uh, but at the same time, if the coach does a good job, and I have been told that he interviews extremely well, which is weird because he didn't get hired at either, any of the four SEC schools that looked at him last time in 2017. But I, I was told that he's very organized in his interviews. He, he presents a good plan, uh, and if he's able to follow through on that plan, some I think people would eventually come you know come around on the hire. Was he the fourth or fifth choice? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Uh, I mean, if you acknowledge Bob Stoops was one, and then probably, what, Franklin Kelly two, three, then you're saying either Norvell or Campbell or Campbell or Norvell in some order there, most likely uh, as your four or five. So yeah, I think that would be accurate to say
0: that he's the fourth or fifth choice, right? I think that's fair. I think there would be uh, some hesitation about that. I think one thing that he could do... Uh, that I kind of probably tried to allude to this last podcast and was, uh, surprise, surprise, a little bit verbally clunky in what I was trying to convey. Uh, but he has uh, he's done such a good job of identifying talent. Talent's gotten hired away from him. Uh, where I do think people would be real excited is when it comes to Norvell putting together a staff. And if he's able to bring back some of the people... Uh, that have left him for bigger jobs over the past 18 months, if he's able to capitalize on the strength that he has as a young coach and he has his finger on the assistant landscape as as well as probably anybody that we're going to discuss tonight, uh, then that could be a way that you see a lot of real optimism uh, come into the the hire that maybe wouldn't necessarily be associated uh, with the day one announcement.
1: I, I think that, that's an important quality to have in, in a head coach for sure. Um, additionally, like my, my question to you is, if Auburn opened up, do you think Auburn would be able to get Matt Campbell? I, I, I think that there is legitimately a, a, a real thing here with him not wanting to coach in the Southeast. I've heard that from enough national people both publicly but also in private conversations with them where they expressed real skepticism. They said, look, he's just a different dude, meaning Matt Campbell. And he probably doesn't want to coach in the Southeast, man. I'd be real surprised. Like, they, they all they all told me, because we, we have this hypothetical kicking around in case D'Antonio retires. They all told me. I'm talking three different national guys I know. They think that, that Matt Campbell would take, would take Michigan State over Florida State. Now, I think that says something about his, his preference for the Midwest and how things are done in certain parts of the country.
0: Yeah, I think he has a preference to the Midwest. I also think that Campbell amongst – well, Stoops certainly had it with uh, the consistency that he had at president and athletic director at Oklahoma. But uh, Campbell's buyout is cut in half if the athletic director at Iowa State were to leave. Uh, I think that guy values uh, you know, the consistency and the ability to know who he's working for, who he's working with uh, at a level that some of these other candidates don't. Um, so yeah, I think you're a little bit damned by geography and you're a little bit damned by, uh, the current setup at Florida state and something that we talked about for six or eight months now, why this would be a hire if you did have to move on. And one of the reasons why Florida state, uh, desperately didn't want to make a move is because there's questions, uh, surrounding, uh, pretty much every aspect of this program and a lot of them, uh, about the future leadership of the school, uh, and the AD. So yeah, there's a, there's some things there just from a culture perspective. And then there's also, I think, uh, some li- limitations there from, a candidates values and what he would particularly want from a position.
1: Uh, by the way, uh, Bob Stoops is drinking garnet colored, uh, Powerade <laughs> When he could easily drink a Gatorade, according to the analysis of this photo tweeted out. By- oh
0: my God. Tonight. Okay. Um, good. Good. Oh uh, well, me. Yeah. What? yeah, I mean, uh, okay.
1: <laughs> all right. More listener questions here. Uh, most of these are from our Patreon supporters. You can go there at patreon.com slash NOLCast. However, we also do take questions from our Twitter account, which is at NOLCast, and our email, uh, which is nolcast at gmail.com. And you might ask, why would I do the Patreon if I could just shoot you a question on Twitter or email? Well, we have 11,000 followers on Twitter, and we get a lot of questions. We check the Patreon first. Then we scan the Twitter much or quickly, and the bar to get your question answered if it's on Twitter uh, is twofold. It has to, uh, number one, we have to actually see it, right, and number two, it has to be really, really good. Whereas the Patreon that we, we we do promise, we don't promise to answer all of them. But we do promise we will we will look at all of them and and try to incorporate them in the show if we feel like they're good questions. So, here's the first one from Rob. He asks. Uh, do you think FSU has missed its window by screwing around with Stoops for so long?
0: Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. I think uh, if you want to be negative about it, you can. And if you don't, uh, then you can say, look, you made a run at him. I, I don't honestly, and this is a big discussion point that I think a lot of people <laughs> covering this uh, should have, whether they be covering it formally or informally. Uh, I don't really know because I, I don't know exactly – how long they've gone through the Bob Stoops saga. I, I We certainly know the process that led up two weeks ago, uh, and what was it, a Friday where you had the Democrat put that out, and there was some very real optimism associated with Bob Stoops, particularly the Thursday and the Friday morning prior to that report. Um, but I can't tell you that they've contacted Bob Stoops every day for two weeks or that they haven't. I can tell you that the people who I trust and who uh, I have a 10 to 15 year relationship with and have been impeccable sources in the past uh, have told me there's not a whole lot of Bob Stoops legitimate talk to be had since two weeks ago. Uh, I don't, I don't personally think that uh, this has been some situation where they've, you know, constantly thought they were going to announce Bob Stoops in 24 hours and just never been able to put it together. So I'm hesitant to say that they've wasted a lot of time with Bob Stoops.
1: So here's my question. And I think the, the best way to answer this is, who is the coach who, if they had not spent time on Stoops, who they would have already had a yes from, who you would actually want? Do we believe that time impacted their ability in their discussions with Franklin, Campbell, or Kelly? Because if you believe that Norvell was was fifth after those guys, like, is there anybody... Like, clearly, nobody else has been hired away, right? Like, you did not... In your pursuit of Bob Stoops, you did not screw yourself because this other guy went to, you know, like the 1B to Florida State's one A job. You see what I'm saying? That they're still sitting in the catbird seat here because they are the best job on the market. And when you're the best job on the market, you do have the ability to to do this. I don't think that they wasted too much time on the stoops thing because I don't think they've been wasting a lot of time on it on a daily basis in like the last two to three weeks yeah. Now I mean, yeah. it could have been, but who who have they let slip away? Who who did they fail to hire because they were spending time on it? That's my question. Like, do I think it was probably silly to like do I think their level of confidence in their ability to get stoops was too high? I do. But I don't think that that impacted their ability to get other coaches.
0: My criticisms of this search are not necessarily tied to the uh, the timeline and how it's played out. It's a little bit with uh, the fact that Florida state has thought they've had this search wrapped up twice now and they have not. And and that's, that's more damning to me as far as how this search has been conducted rather than uh, the fact that you might've missed on a window of time or that you've let time elapsed throughout this process.
1: That's fair. You know, Ingram, the, The choice of of a lawyer is really important, and the choice of a family law attorney is arguably even more important. This is such an important issue. It's something that's really key to get right the first time, because it's hard to get things modified after they've been set in stone. You and your spouse, look, you may have the general terms agreed on, but you know that like property division issues, they're, they're not modifiable. You know who knows this? Travis Johnson. Travis Johnson is a proud sponsor of the Knollcast, Florida State grad. He has over a decade of experience in the field of family law. He's actually one of a very few board-certified family law attorneys in the state of Florida. Cases throughout the state, you can give Travis a call, 850-435-9919. Divorce, issues dividing property, child support or visitation, alimony, maybe you need an existing order, modified or, or... enforced travis is is an expert in this field 850-435-9919 get it right the first time get travis all right so let's go ahead and take a look here at the question from kevin uh do you guys think everyone fsu considers is good Uh, so kind of yeah uh and i know that sounds crazy but if you are a job as good as florida state you are just simply not going to be looking at people who are not qualified for the position everybody florida state has has looked at has a pretty impressive resume legitimately right whether it be you know Brian Kelly or James Franklin or Bob Stoops or you know whatever it, it's everybody there has an impressive resume so you're not really one of these jobs where you're likely to hire somebody who is bad because everybody you're hiring is going to have some kind of track record either as a head coach or perhaps as an assistant. Um, It's just you don't really have to dip into people who have no track record or who are unqualified and I say that fully acknowledging that Willie Taggart failed here in pretty spectacular fashion a lot of which was his fault not all of it certainly but even his resume, looking at it, was pretty damn impressive. I mean, legitimately improved three programs pretty drastically, two of them, and was you know had a really upward trajectory there at Oregon. Um, so yeah, I think pretty much everybody that they that they are seriously looking into is at least good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. Yeah, there, there's there's good candidates, there's qualified candidates. Um, I, I don't look at anybody and have massive concern uh obviously there's risk involved with every person there is you know the closest thing to a sure thing is miami bringing back nick saban other than that it really doesn't exist and uh i'm sorry alabama bringing nick saban from miami is what i was trying to say there but the you know a surefire successful hire is just something it's a dinosaur it's not out there uh and i think florida state's done a good job of identifying the people with the candidate that is uh, or the candidates with a resume that are the most likely to, to lead to a successful hire.
1: All right. Uh, so many people have asked uh, how much will this delay hurt in recruiting? What do we think will happen with recruiting? Is this delay bad? Because clearly they're not going to be hosting a whole lot of official visitors this weekend. And uh, even the ones they do have coming in, are not going to have a head coach to talk to and are not going to know who their new staff is going to be. Uh, so, My answer to that, I guess since I'm the recruiting guy, I'll take this and please do chime in. Uh, The answer is that yes, it will hurt recruiting some, uh, for sure. However, uh, if you can get the players you want in on that final weekend, it will not hurt as much. That's a big weekend, though. Everybody wants to have those kids come in on that final weekend. So you're going to be fighting uh, with other schools to get them in to visit. You also have to fight to get certain kids who are committed elsewhere to hold off on signing, maybe to give you... Uh, a, a second look right all, all those things are are certainly uh, in play here. The most important thing to remember and I think this is easy to sell easier to sell now than it was when Willie took over because Willie was taken over for a guy who was running the program into the damn ground but who also would want a national title. so it, it would be very hard to sell like the rebuild idea when, when, when Willie got here. I don't think it's hard to sell a rebuild idea now. Because a lot of people have such a low opinion of what just happened over the last two years,
0: right, that uh, – um, Well, you're, you're going to have to sell a rebuild. I mean, your roster is going to dictate it, both by what's leaving and what could potentially leave in the transfer portal. There's no, like, there's no skirting around it. You're, you need to embrace that what in front of you is going to be a very real challenge. Yeah, if they make a bowl game
1: next year, I'll be, I, I think you should be really happy, um, get, get, given the difficulty of the schedule. They have two short-season new coach classes in a three-year span. That was going to be true whether they had two weekends to recruit or one, whether they hired Bob Stoops or Brian Kelly or, you know, anybody. This is going to be a rebuild job because you have two short-season classes with a the, with the new early signing period in a three-year span. The attrition rates on these classes are going to be sky high. Some of these kids you sign that are rated as four stars probably have four star talent, but there's a reason you're able to get them. There's a reason they were not able to poach, the, to be, like they were not poached by other schools. And that's because they probably have some red flags that maybe I don't know about and that the new coach doesn't know about, but that schools that have been recruiting these kids for a whole year do know about and they don't want them quite as bad. You are going to have problems with attrition in these classes. And this is not a Florida State thing or a Willie thing. This is across the board. Go look at these classes that these guys signed when they came on as new head coaches in 2017. With the early signing period, when you sign a class as a new coach, you should basically just prepare to have that class be a nothing class, a zero class. That's over-exaggerating a little bit. You will have probably some good players from that class, but you have to also accept that those four stars you get Some of them, you should thank your lucky stars you got them. And some of them, there's most likely red flags that the other staffs know about that you don't know about because you've not been around for, except for like 10 or 14 days, maybe in some cases. And those staffs knew because they recruited them for the whole year. So they may be available to sign those four, some of those four stars, not the five stars, uh, because the other staffs probably don't want them quite as much. It may not be a talent thing. It may be a, You know, maybe the kid is really soft or maybe he's not competitive or maybe he, you know, is a heroin dealer or maybe he's got a domestic violence thing that you don't know about because it's not going to show up in a background check for an underage kid. But like the people who know him and his, you know, his associates know all that kind of stuff. You have to assume that that class you sign is going to basically be a nothing class. And now Florida State is going to have two of those in a three year period. This is along with some of the financial stuff, one of the only real downsides of firing Willie after two years, and probably, in my opinion, the main one. This is going to be a legitimate rebuild because of this. So I don't think the delay is going to hurt recruiting that much. I think firing your head coach after just two years and having two new head coach classes in the early signing period era in a three-year span is what is going to hurt your roster a whole lot. for, And you'll you'll feel that for years to come.
0: Next question is, are we striking out more than expected? It seemed as if we were poised to get Matt Campbell, and then he shut that down hard. Is FSU less desirable than we think it is? question comes from Steven.
1: I think there's two parts to this question. First of all, are we striking out more than expected? Uh, I would say that they're striking out more than they expected to strike out, probably, just based on some of the initial feedback. That we had. I don't think that they thought it would take this long, and I don't think that they thought that they would have to get to their fourth or fifth choice. Typically, nobody thinks that that's going to happen. Um, as for the Matt Campbell thing, I don't remember them being poised to get Matt Campbell. Like, and I know we never reported that like Matt Campbell is going to be the guy, or that like Matt Campbell was the obvious dude they were going to get, or that they were poised to get him. I don't know if other sites reported that. Uh, I know there's been some pretty crazy stuff reported out there, but I know we have not, we've not said that. Um, So, I I don't know. What do you think about this?
0: Uh, Take away the Matt Campbell stuff. I do think the actions of yesterday were indicative of an institution that thought it was in the uh, final hours of a coaching search and were going to be naming a candidate. And there was some internal whispers that they uh, felt that way. I'll put it that way. Um, so whether or not you want to think that's Campbell, whether you think that was Franklin, whether you think that was whatever candidate that was lined up, uh, I do think that that's indicative of in an institution that thought it had a hire and, uh, it doesn't, I mean, look, there was very strong, <coughs> uh, rumblings from inside Florida state that they were going to go through this weekend hammer, you know, nail down a candidate and have an announcement on Monday. Uh, there was a lot of confidence in that idea dating back about a week from now. Um, hasn't come to fruition. It's also an institution that I think at one point in time thought Bob Stoops was going to be its coach. So, yeah, I think Florida State uh, has twice thought that they've had a candidate uh, and have secured a, a very highly sought-after uh, next head coach and have twice come out, uh, unfortunately, without that person in a, an official capacity be ready to be named Florida State's coach.
1: All right. Uh, so Michael asks, if it is Norvell slash fickle, when would the leak announce Friday night, uh, right after the American conference championship game, similar to Scott Frost and UCF. So Scott Frost, uh, if you guys recall, uh, he coached in the American conference championship game and then it was actually announced and not announced, but it leaked in the third quarter that he had agreed to the deal with nebraska and he was kind of pissed off about that in the post game but i mean i don't know why he'd be pissed like it's not like he can control that narrative once he said yes to somebody uh if he's already given a firm yes before the game is played then i think there's a good chance it would leak during a game or or just right after if not then maybe that night or uh the next day or the monday
0: Uh, As soon as Florida State has a head coach and it is sure that it has a legally binding uh, contract with a head coach, I think you'll hear about it pretty shortly thereafter. Uh, It is to their advantage. They want that word out there. They need that word out there. They need to transition into recruiting. Uh, I don't think there will be a very prolonged period of time between agreement and news becoming uh, pretty readily available about who the next coach will be.
1: All right, uh, so Chris Snow says, hey, the timing of all of this doesn't look good from the outside. Tell me the situation has not turned into a Tennessee mess, please. Uh, good look, good good news. It has not. It is not even maybe a third or a quarter of the Tennessee mess. Tennessee was out there offering the job, literally offering the job to like nine or ten people. I think Florida State's offered the job to maybe two people at this point. Um, I would say three. Okay. So, yeah, nowhere near close to what Tennessee uh, did. Tennessee also fired its AD during the middle of the search, called him off the road as he was finalizing a contract because a former head coach had staged a coup to hire the defensive coordinator from Alabama. I mean, like, seriously. Uh, No. and, And you actually had, like, legitimate websites reporting John Gruden stuff. Deep into the Tennessee search. And there's no evidence that Gruden wants to coach college football at all. Especially not at Tennessee, with the exception of his wife was a cheerleader there, right? So, yeah. Uh, no, the, you guys don't need to worry. This is not a John Gruden type thing at all.
0: Or, excuse me, this is not a Tennessee type type search at all. Um, not a Tennessee search. I do have concerns about uh, in <laughs> about some of the internal cohesion of uh, Florida state's supporters. If this search were to go on a whole lot longer, um, it, look, this thing has, this is what coaching search does. It, it tends to at times find, you know, kind of fissures and organizations and exact, you know, just bring about maybe some situations that have previously existed. Uh, I do think it's better for Florida state for everybody to not go into kind of round three of the search and, uh, if it were to do that, then I think hypothetically that those who are making the search, that perhaps the pool would broaden a little bit more as to who's involved in it. Just just my opinion.
1: All right. I don't disagree with that. I peeked ahead at the questions. I think that is something that we can also discuss here in just a minute. Uh, so Kessna asks, um, if we can't get Big Game Bob, Franklin, or Campbell, would we be better off letting Odell keep as much of the class together and care for the program until the new AD and president are hired. feels like all the other candidates are more likely to bust than boom. Uh, No, I I think there's several other guys who you could go off the job to that I would rather have than Odell. Uh, My opinion of Odell as a head coach continues to decline actually. And it wasn't very high to start with, but kicking a field goal down 23 points. I mean, what, what the hell are you doing? That's, that's terrible. Like, you're an interim coach. Act like an interim coach. Play with some aggressiveness and, and, and some fire. Uh, by the way, Florida State was not dead last in the nation in penalties when Taggart left. They were actually making some okay progress in that area. And uh, they have gone on to commit a lot more penalties per game while drastically decreasing how many plays they run per game uh, under, uh, under Odell and are now finished dead last in the nation in penalties for the regular season. So it's actually gotten worse uh under odell just to reiterate if you are new to the podcast uh we had discussed a certain line in the sand where you would just go ahead and hire odell as your head coach you couldn't announce that he's basically a short-term guy you would have to give him a contract like a four-year deal but just wouldn't be guaranteed like a typical head coach because in no way is he qualified to be a head coach at all right so you would give him a contract that kind of reflects that one that you'd be easy to get out of in a year or two, uh, once you have a new president and AD in place, of course, if you're really new to the show or if you're you know, not an FSU fan and you're listening, we don't think Florida State's president and AD are long for the program, uh, and that's informed speculation. So, uh, no, I, I don't think that the line is big game Bob, Franklin, Campbell. In fact, uh, I would much rather have Norvell than Odell. I Honestly, I'd rather have Fickle uh, than Norvell, I would even take a guy like a Billy Napier over Odell, uh, who I know is being looked at for the Ole Miss job. Uh, I don't think I would take Willie Fritz necessarily because I'm not sure that recruiting-wise he could get it done. I, I would not take Lane Kiffin because I know guys who have worked on that staff. And uh, somebody tonight described that to me, college coach I've known for a long time who is – also an FSU fan, uh, and he said, "Please, God, no! I will go buy a Gators polo. That would be like the white Willie Taggart." And like this organization-wise, please tell me that's not true, because there was some rumor that Florida State was going to hire Kevin. So he had called me. Uh, yeah, so uh, I I would probably not take Kevin. I would I would rather have Odell just for the very short term and to, to get your house in order. But there's other guys that would also rather have a Rodell who I think Florida State could get.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think uh, Odell Higgins is one of my favorite people that's been involved in Florida State football. He's an absolute legend of the program. I think it's been kind of an unfair situation with how he's been thrown into this and is uh, you know uh, has done the best that he can and has served as a, as a kind of a calming influence, uh, at two different times in his career. And I think Odell should, uh, I, I just would prefer him not to be marred by this whole process and some of the, uh, instability surrounding it. So, uh, we'll see what ultimately happens with him. I have a feeling that, uh, Odell may not choose to, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily need to do this anymore. And, and uh, the grind and demands that are put on a position coach may be something that he just chooses not to, uh, not to partake in if it's not ultimately, uh, if he's not ultimately the head coach. But uh, a guy that we can talk about at a later date and a guy that certainly is as, as popular as just about anybody when it comes to uh, Florida State fans, uh, just maybe not as the next head coach.
1: Oh, hey, uh, here's something for you. It- <laughs> Isn't it just weird that, like, the number one reason why you would hire somebody is the ease of firing them? Like, Well, that's, that's that the whole thing. I, it's I, not a great plan.
0: Freaking disrespectful. I don't want to hire Odell because I can have him for 18 months and then tell him to leave. No, I, I just – I'd rather not do him like that. I, I, would, I, I just don't think that, oh, well, let's hire Odell because, you know, we won't have to have a big buyout and you can give him kind of a medium-sized golden parachute or something like that. I, I just – it's not – not the way that I would prefer for Odell Hagan's final stretch of his career at Florida State to go. I totally agree.
1: All right, Uh,
0: so this is from
1: Johnny and many others. Do you believe there was really going to be an introduction Monday or Tuesday since the field was painted and the Champions Club was set up? If so, what the heck happened? I'll let you take the lead on this one. I'm really not sure what they were going to do there.
0: Um, yeah, it's my opinion that they were, that that was an institution that thought it would be announcing its head coach. I do think that, uh, I think that there were some at Florida State that thought that a name could leak, uh, Monday afternoon at some time. And it didn't, uh, or or a name would, uh, would possibly leak with a a more formal thing in the next couple days. So, yeah, I don't think they did that for practice. I I know obviously you do it for recruiting, but I think that would have been more of a, when it comes to the field, that that more would have been a a Wednesday afternoon, Thursday thing. Uh, So, yeah, I I think it was an institution that thought it was about to announce its head coach and didn't come to fruition.
1: Let me ask you this. You think it's possible that some people thought that was going to happen? And those are the people who are responsible for telling people to set up some stuff because they're hearing things
0: and that other people did not think it was going to happen? It's certainly possible. I don't, you know, it's a good point, bud. And I don't know the exact chain of command as far as uh, who authorizes something like that. Uh, I don't know how that would work. But, uh, yeah, there could have been some speculation on that and kind of wheels got in motion. And maybe, maybe who knows where the ultimate uh, the ultimate okay or or green light for a project like that came about. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still a little bit confused about about some of this. because uh, I, 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 well, that, really means the it, that means that means you
0: don't know what you're talking about, and you're uh, disservice to everybody that listens to you, bud. You, you have to know with absolute certainty as to everything what's going on, or if you don't, at least just. Uh, put something out there. Yeah.
1: So I'm just running. I I agree with you. I mean, clearly if you don't know everything, then you don't know anything. In my mind, I'm going through like, who the hell did the people who were in charge of telling us to be set up think that they were going to announce? That's the thing is like,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. And the 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 whole meet and greet rumor at 12, eight at 12, I was always a little bit hesitant about, uh, I thought there that there might be some kind of booster get together because the beginning of that renaissance campaign is actually built around the same idea that these first 20 people that they reach out to are going to be the first 20 people to meet the head coach. Now, that was part of kind of the sales. I don't want to say sales pitch involved, but that was part of the ask is at least my understanding. So. Um, but. The, a meet and greet at noon on Monday from where? And f- in order for that to happen, you would have to have had uh, James Franklin, Matt Campbell, somebody like that wake up at 5:30, <laughs> tell his team there's an impromptu team meeting at 7am and then promptly go get on a plane and travel to Tallahassee. And you know, not yeah. obviously not only did that not happen, it's, it's a really unlikely way in which a coach leaves his team. So,
1: so yeah, right. I, I think we can even go deeper down this. I, it makes me wonder if there's dysfunction inside there where some people <laughs> thought something was going to happen. So, hypothetically, maybe they know they already have a yes from Norvell. I, I don't think that they know that, but I, I think they have a pretty good feeling that if they offer him the job, he's going to take it. Right? That's a reasonable assumption for Florida State to make based on what I know. Do you think that maybe word got around, right, that like, hey, they, 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 they got a yes, and then it got down, hey, like we need to set up Champions Club, that, that kind of stuff? For, for, for the press conference like we did last time i i'm a little confused on exactly how that happened um and I, with the other two i i don't believe that they were close to getting a yes from campbell or, or franklin so i'm kind of like who the hell did they, did they did they think they got a yes from right or misinterpreted yes from in order to set that up
0: mm-hmm. and it's yeah, a good question
1: who ordered the code red
0: who did order the code red? All right. Uh, good movie.
1: All right, guys. Short interlude here to let you know that the cast is also brought to you by Resolution Home Loans, a proud sponsor of the cast now in their, in their third season. Uh, more than 40 cast listeners have got their home through Resolution Home Loans, and, of course, I did as well. You can get in contact with those guys, Shannon Young, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN, or go to FSUHomeLoans.com. They'll hook you up with a, with a great rate, also some nice Florida State conversation. You can kind of discuss your sorrows about the coaching search and, and the current state of the program with them, if you so choose. I know Shannon is always up for that conversation. And uh, on the loan front, a true professional, a guy who knows what he's doing, is going to walk you through the process, give you exactly how much information you need, and help you get a great rate, really stays on top of things. So 844-FSU-LOAN or fsu home Dane asks, I believe that's how we say it, D-A-I-N, Dane. Uh, yeah. If Norvell comes to Florida State, who would you – and by the way, many other people have asked this question too, so good question by Dane. Uh, if Norvell comes to Florida State, who would you expect him to bring on his current or past staffs? I'm actually not sure who he would bring from his past staffs. He's had, what was it, seven or eight guys hired away in two off-seasons, uh, I believe two Power Five jobs, which is pretty impressive. But, uh, Two names I know that I've been pretty impressed with uh, this year. Number one, uh, I've actually watched a decent amount of Memphis, and some of their past defensive numbers have not been that great, but I think part of that is they've had some injuries in secondary, and I don't know their secondary talent's amazing. But I will say Memphis doesn't typically have a whole lot of guys just running wide open. They, they do pick some balls off. I think they match routes well. They look like they're fairly well coached. Adam Fuller is, is their D.C., he came over from Marshall, and I know Marshall had a pretty good defense prior to that. I don't know how old he is. He's not like super old. Uh, he got his bachelor's in 1998, so that probably makes him 30 or uh, 43, 44. Uh, I I would guess that he would take take Adam Fuller. The other guy I think people should be pretty uh, pretty impressed with because old Miss or excuse me Memphis had to replace uh, four offensive linemen uh, this year, I believe and yet their offensive line still looks pretty good most weeks, is uh, Ryan Silverfield, who's their offensive line coach, also their run game coordinator and the uh, quote-unquote deputy head coach. He's a guy that I think Norvell uh, would certainly want to bring. So, uh, And he's, he's actually been with Norvell for three seasons at Memphis. Um, so, yeah, th- those are two guys who I, I think he would definitely – Uh, one looking and bringing other guys. I actually need to do more research into figuring out like who are his real core dudes. You know, he's had so much turnover and positive turnover, I think because of of the destinations of where these guys were going, but he's had a lot of turnover. So it's tough to tell exactly who he would bring, but those two, I think are two he would likely uh, look to bring in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rumor is that he's a, He's a, you know, not necessarily an easy guy to work for, but a good guy to work for. Uh, Fairly well respected in the industry. The idea uh, that he would be able to bring some of these guys, I I don't think, is pie in the sky or necessarily trying to convince yourself into an optimism that uh, isn't there. Um, We'll have to see. We'll have to see if he is the coach, uh, how much success he has, and also what kind of, uh, you know, financial leverage he has and uh, what he's able to offer some of these assistants.
1: Okay, uh, so Les says, uh, how do you think Coburn and Thrasher impacted this coaching search? Both the inexperience in athletics and the uncertainty of how long they'll be at FSU, or would you say our current situation with lack of recruiting and success has played a bigger part in the trouble with the big names? You want this one to start, or you want me to take it?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think Coburn, Thrasher, and, and Burr have certainly been the three that have been uh, you know, the, the main pilots of the ship uh, with the with the search firm as well. Um, I, I don't want to keep being <laughs> real negative, but yeah, I, I think there are aspects of the search that are indicative of individuals in an institution that hasn't gone through something like this in a real long time. And people who are leading it that haven't been high-level, you know, uh, ADs are really familiar with this process. And I think maybe some of the, look, I'm not trying, I'm not calling John Thrasher or or Coburn naive individuals, but there's some aspects of this that uh, maybe more experienced individuals would have, would have handled a little bit differently.
1: I think that Thrasher and Coburn are the number one deterrent in this search. And I don't think that they're bad people. I think they're really smart people. I think they care deeply about Florida State. But people know they're not going to be there for the long term. If you're looking at changing jobs, you don't get to do this that often as a head coach. You're going to look pretty deeply into this. You're going to say, well, damn, I love what these guys are telling me, but the new president and the new AD might not agree with this at all. Mm -hmm. And you, you know as a coach, man, new ADs, they usually want to get their own coach in there. Somebody they know, somebody who can put their own stamp on the program. So that is why this is job is not as attractive as it could be, period. That's a much bigger part of this than what the roster looks like and that kind of thing. Because I think anybody who takes this job is going to tell them, hey, this is a, this is a rebuild. You're going to need to give me a long-term contract with a legitimate buyout so that I have the confidence that I'm going to have time to run this uh, and, and have success. Which you can also argue is a way to overcome the element of, hey, your two main bosses are going to be different people right. in a year or which,
0: two. Which makes the, to circle back to the Franklin report earlier, all, me all the more not skeptical of the report. Again, I respect those guys immensely and I uh, think they've handled themselves very well in the search. But that just is a is a strange twist uh, if salary limitations for an institution that know it's going to have to pay a premium because the two guys there are not going to be the two guys that are sitting in those two positions in, in 24 months and almost anybody that they sit in front of, uh, are well aware of that. And you're going to have to throw money at the problem to, uh, to kind of remove some of the ambiguity as some of the certainty that exists, uh, with the position. So, yeah.
1: All right. Uh, so, uh, Brian asks, uh, any chance we circle back to Mark Stoops? Also, supposedly he had a bad interview. Any insight on that? Uh, I, I just, yeah, I have some insight there. I think Mark, Mark Stoops uh, was nowhere close to the top of FSU's board. I know they spoke with him because they were familiar with him. I think it's very awkward to court his brother, offer his brother the moon, and then come back to him and not be willing to offer him anywhere near the same, which is just common sense, but at the same time, a little bit awkward. Uh, it's kind of like if you ask one girl to prom and she says no, but you've already you know, said, hey, I have reservations at this really nice place and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, you know, you go to her friend and you say, hey, we can go to McDonald's. And I got some pegs on my bike, right? Like it's just not the same.
0: So, I, no, I don't think they would circle back to Mark Stoops. Um, well, have you considered, think, Bud, that they were possibly using Bob Stoops as a smokescreen for Mark Stoops?
1: You know, I have heard this search firm likes to smoke screen <laughs> stuff. Almost like a squid, right? They, they, they shoot the ink out. And it goes everywhere. Oh, um, my
0: God. Yeah, that was uh, hilarious today. Yeah.
1: Uh, timing of that was interesting with with. The uh, with the renegades tweeting that out like an hour and a half later, um, that was that was pretty ill-timed. So no, I don't think you're going to sur- circle back to Mark Stoops. Um, I think that he realized that he was not anywhere near the top of Florida State's board. I think he understood that he has a great situation at Kentucky. They have an AD who loves him. He has a contract which is enormously friendly to him, uh, and their AD also gets their ad really gets it with the scheduling like they played Louisville and three absolute cupcakes in the non-conference every year and that allows you to go three and one or four and zero oh in the non-con which means that you can go three and five in, in conference and make a bowl or four and four and make a bowl at seven and five that's a real thing that you have to consider because like you got idiot ads like south Carolinas who are out there scheduling like their 2027 non-con at South Carolina by the way is Clemson Miami app state and then they they draw they draw lSU from the west in addition to am that'll work if you're a gamecock fan feel free to make plans december 2027 because you are not going to be going bowling um yeah no so i i don't think that they're going to circle back there I, if if mark stoops was offended because he realized he wasn't on top of issues board i get that but at the same time it's also unreasonable to think he would be on top of issues board uh, Kessna had a second good question, so we included it. That's two for one person. Uh, understanding the need for offensive linemen in high school uh, will not create an immediate fix. How do we recruit players on other rosters who are not in the portals? Well, that's tampering, but it happens. So uh, one of the ways that you do it is that you know their high school coach or uh, probably more shadily their trainer right, or their parent, and uh, you, you can kind of poke around a little bit and say, hey, is he happy there? Is there any interest in, in him coming over to us? You don't want to have like one of your official coaches coaches do it. You kind of want to use a little middleman. But that's generally how it goes. You're not, in almost any circumstance, you're not having the college coach call up the player on another roster. That, that's a big-time no-no. The only time I can remember like open recruiting of players on another roster in a situation that was not like the Penn State or Ole Miss thing where they had the sanctions come down and they were free to transfer – And you actually had coaches like in Penn State's parking lot. Remember that? Uh, After the Paterno thing?
0: Yeah, we were at uh, ACC Media Days that year. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was actively on the phone with uh, a certain tight end and other individuals the day that that story came down. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I remember it well. So, uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's how that gets done. So many people wanted to ask, uh, how does a candidate's willingness to keep certain FSU coaches on staff impact FSU's opinion of the candidate? So this is a question that I basically wrote because a lot of people ask stuff like this. Like, hey, w- w- is their willingness to keep Kendall Bryles or Jim Levitt a factor? And my answer is a strong no. It is not an important factor at all. I think the world of Kendall Bryles is an OC. I think he's a really damn good OC. You need someone who can who can work the program from the top down as a head coach, you are not going to put that kind of limitation on, on this person, right? This is the whole reason why Matt Rule did not take the New York Jets job and decided to return to Baylor because the Jets started telling him who he, who he could hire as his OC and who he couldn't. If you trust this person to come in and be your head coach, you trust them to make the hires. If they like Kendall Bryles and want to run an offense like that, great. The chance that happens is about slim and none. They're going to want to bring their own guys who they trust, whose system they understand. It's not going to happen unless you hire a defensive guy who has big 12 ties and you know, understands that Browse is really good, et cetera. It, it's just not something that I, I expect to happen um, with any coach on the staff, to be honest, alumni
0: or not. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I think that there would be an effort to uh, to – See if Odell uh, could be worked into the plans, but at this point, uh, who you name head coach and giving him every tool possible to be successful supersedes anything. And uh, you're not in a place to make any kind of demands or even a want as to what the next uh, composition of their staff is going to be.
1: Exactly. The the only demands you get to make are like if some guy has like an obvious like domestic violence thing or something, that then you could say no, we're we're not going to allow that, but. Like just personal preference type thing because some boosters like the OC uh, is, is not a real thing. Okay, so multiple people asks uh, about Chris Peterson, the Washington coach who stepped down for personal reasons. Uh, I can emphatically tell you all that he is absolutely not an option, not only for Florida State, but not an option for any other college program out there right now. Uh, there was a specific reason why he never considered other jobs other than Washington when he was at Boise State, a family reason, and he is taking time away from the game to spend more time with his family. He is not going to be an option for anybody. This is not a reflection for State. It is just purely... I can tell you matter of fact here, he is not an option. At all. And I don't think he'd be a good fit for the culture, by the way. Uh, despite the fact he had good success at Boise. Some people asked about Bill Clark. Uh, Bill Clark... Probably the number one reason why you would not hire Bill Clark is that how much like we have a pretty informed audience. What percentage of our audience do you think knows what school Bill Clark coaches at?
0: Less than twenty percent.
1: That's what I was thinking too. So probably less than five percent of the boosters would know who this is. Bill Clark is the UAB's coach. He's done a hell of a job. He had a ton of roster turnover this year, and still got them back to the uh, to the QSU championship. To play FAU this weekend, um, the guy does a really good job, good recruiter. I think that if you, aside from the obvious issue that nobody knows who the hell that is, uh, people would probably balk at hiring somebody from CUSA, which is not the AAC. Like the AAC is where Tom Herman, you know, cut his teeth mm-hmm. and, and guys like that.
0: Uh, yeah, the CUSA I think is Clark is uh, the same. is really impressive. I don't. <laughs> I, he looks more like a guy who might give you text information than he does a, a head coach when you first meet him. Uh, I, I think he'll be successful. I think he'll get a, a good job. I, I don't think right now, and I don't think Florida State is the, the place where that job will come from.
1: He looks like a thousand percent more like a college football coach when he wears a hat. If I was his agent, I would tell him. It's true. Wear the yeah, hat I would constantly. tell him
0: wear a hat pretty much all the time. Yeah, don't take it off. Yeah, like just all interviews wear, are going to be wear done
1: outside. We're wearing a hat nonstop. He, he's a guy who just needs a hat. Uh, him, Jordan Spieth as well, I think, is, is one of those dudes, my wife says. Uh, she's like, oh, without a hat? No. Uh, and then also Jimbo, clearly. Uh, so those are the questions tonight. And, uh, yeah, I think it was a pretty solid show overall. We encourage everybody to follow us on Twitter at NOLCast. Uh, if you are a patreon member check we have a special uh posting in there for you not about the coaching search but about a search of our own that we are conducting and uh, please do support our sponsors they help to make the show go uh, we appreciate you all listen to us and uh you know like always we, we try to put out a show when we have actual information and actual fun topics to discuss as opposed to just forcing them out and just talk about nonsense so
0: I believe we did that tonight and we'll talk to y'all again soon,
1: hopefully with uh with a head coach hired.
0: I don't know. This the search has been so much fun, bud. So much fun. Maybe we can draw it out another two weeks or so. It'd be great. You know you know what it lacked? It lacked the drama of will
1: the guy be fired or not, right? Like firing somebody as early as FSU did, it really hurt our numbers and not I mean, our numbers are insane now, but like it hurt our ability to put out podcasts like every three days about like, will he be fired? Will he leave? You know, like, is he going to go to Auburn instead of a and that, that kind of stuff. Uh, this was just immediate coaching search for a month because you, you know, you, you got rid of the, of the guy in like Halloween.